We so. are beverage brewers. Breakfast beverage brewers. Say that five times. <laughs> Breakfast and beverage brewers. What's up, everybody out there listening? My name's Doug, and this is the Brewer's Table Podcast. Today's episode, we're here with Northside Coffee, Keenan. And Andrew. And Andrew. Hey, hey. And we still got JD over here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here, just like you are every day. Thank you. Thank me. Thank you. Thank me. We just get here to make the coffee. Yeah. Uh, so you got some plastic on the machines right now. We'll get, they are. Getting Finally. A, getting a little paint. Got some paint going on. Paint the paint ceiling. Paint going on. Brighten the place up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we're uh, hopefully a week out. Uh, this time next week, we should be getting a, uh, a walkthrough from inspections to tell us all the things that uh, we need to fix in order to pass a final inspection. Uh, so that is on the calendar tentatively for second week of November, uh, which will be here before you know it. So Can't wait. what yes. are some things that you guys have that need to be accomplished uh, before you're ready to roll? So we are pretty much set up as far as our uh, front of house setup goes. We just got in our new blender for frappes. We just got in our new drink mate for... Uh, carbonated carbonated sodas we've got you're gonna make your own soda we are gonna make our own soda we're gonna for espresso yeah the delve into the espresso soda market okay hopefully that's something later on down the yeah that's a thing coca-cola just released one recently yeah um what is trendy just Uh, a coca-cola carbonated uh, coffee carbonated coffee maybe some it's it's sweetener coke and, and and coffee the Coca-Cola version is, yeah. Syrup. Coffee, yeah. Yeah, Just syrup, syrup and coffee. Right, right. But uh, maybe a little bit of sweetener, maybe a little bit of citrus. Uh, a little bit of espresso. Milk. A little, yeah, we'll do some cream sodas, some hippie camper nut milk. We got to play with them <laughs> earlier in the week. They came for another podcast, brought us some nut milks, and it was delicious. So think about this. Do a seltzer. Just unflavored. Five percent, six percent seltzer. Ferment, and now that we've got this bright tank on the small batch, we throw our grounds in, move the seltzer over, and you essentially have a alcohol cold a brew, whole, a hard cold brew. Exactly, we have a hard yeah. cold brew, and it's it's there's no flavor to it other than the coffee unless we choose another flavor. Right, right. Yeah. That's really interesting. So that's one of those move over Pat's blue U- ribbon utility, we're into the <laughs> utility tank that we just picked up. Yeah, that'd be very uh, interesting. That's what I like that's that. That's what we can play with there. So uh, opportunities are really endless. We're we're just we're just starting to think about it. Uh, we'll have nitro coffee, carbonated coffee, carbonated hard seltzer coffee. Regular all coffee, all kinds all, of gases, all things, all the gases, beers uh, with coffee, yep, cocktails with coffee, yep, coffee, 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 coffee rubbed, 
coffee rubbed. Pork. Pork. Uh, I mean, beef, maybe. Oof. We'll have to get Daniel yeah, up here and talk to him about it. Yeah. Uh, what can you rub down in coffee? Jack what can't you rub down in yeah, coffee? I mean, Jack, why wouldn't you? Jackfruit, yeah. Uh, we talked about affogados, making uh, simple syrups with coffee. You can use them in cocktails, too. Lots of different things we've already just... Yeah. We've Co- just kind of... Coffee liqueur, um, almost, yeah. It's so just the tip of the iceberg the, of the things we can do here with coffee. All the employees so far that we've interviewed, uh, potential employees, I should say, we haven't hired anybody, but uh, they've all been really, really excited to have uh, a house-roasted coffee product not only to, to be able to sell and market but as part of their employee perks oh, yeah. um, so just be thinking about that I mean I'm already taking beans home for myself as a part of a perk I just gave JD four pounds this morning yeah oh and I'm so excited <laughs> I mean that's that's a month's worth of coffee you know yeah. that's yeah. that's 40 bucks yeah. right there yeah. we've got a bean no. R&D baby R&D yeah. lots of coffee we want people to taste it yeah, I mean, feedback is just yeah, as valuable, right? Now, I mean, especially right now. And these guys are doing a lot of research because they want to give you the best product. That, the best. Well, yeah. so so Northside's mo is kind of research. Kind, yeah, kind of yeah. my mo on the brew house. You know, you're tracking your data. Mm-hmm. You know what you're getting from those data points. Right. Uh, you know how to manipulate those data points on the roast to to balance out the bean to get different flavors different accentuations Uh, so talk a little bit about your roaster and the the depth depth of what you can achieve from the flavor contributions so we got a five pound natural gas roaster Um, it allows us to do anywhere from half a pound to five pounds in one roast we can do about four pounds an hour we like to play 40 around. pounds. So, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really bad at math right now. <laughs> we can do about 40 pounds an hour. How many bouch- How many batches is that? That's 10 batches. Yeah. About, about roughly yeah. 7.5 to 10. If we really manage our Depending time. Depending on the, the roast. That's right, optimal. Right. That's if I'm not tweaking things in between rows. That's if I'm... But a roast profile, you know, you've got a dark, a medium, and a light roast. Those roast times are essentially the same you're just changing the temperature sometimes they'll go a little bit longer um but for the most part they're anywhere from 12 to 15 minutes give me a quick two minute spiel on the process of roasting so you've got i know the only thing i know is first crack and then you've got your development time after that. Right, so walk through that for us if you would. So you start out at what's called the charge temperature and that's where you're gonna introduce the beans to temperature. Okay. And as soon as you put those beans in that drum. What what, what are you typically shooting for? Uh, anywhere from 350 degrees. That's the heat of the drum before any beans introduced to 400, over 400 even. And when you throw beans in, it's gonna drop the temperature. It's gonna drop the temperature. It's gonna bring it down anywhere between 150 to 200 degrees, depending on the density of the bean, the moisture of the bean. So what's that called? Um, that's, a t- that's a relative temperature, That's right? Yeah, that's the relative temperature of the drum will drop to what's known as your tipping point, where okay. the beans start to go back up in temperature. And that's a really important part of the roast because you need to get it in quick enough that you can transfer the heat from the drum 
and bring it all up to temperature fast enough that you get through what's known as the drying phase into where you start to kind of develop some of the sugar. So once all the green chlorophyll kind of taste of the bean starts to kind of leave. Green pepper. Yeah, it'll taste kind of grassy, yeah. Yeah. And you want to get that done in a certain amount of time. So the sugars have- What kind of time? uh, Anywhere between six to eight minutes. It depends a lot between the origin and the roast. So your low temperature cooking off the, the green flavors and then you're and once then it, you're getting and up, then it starts to develop into coffee flavor. Yeah, it's gonna bring those sugars. It's gonna break down those sugars and create more of the flavor of the coffee. Right. So you'll have kind of that toffee flavor that you get a lot of times. Some of the caramel sugars will develop. Um, that's where you can start to accentuate the fruity notes, where you can bring out. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. Where you can bring out really what you're shooting for in the coffee all happens really fast in that roast process, right in that development or that uh, drying phase. A lot of that happens there. And then the time you spend after you get to that yellow bean is all about developing those sugars and not taking them too far to where they break. So where where do the sugars come into play? How, how are... How are sugars created on the coffee bean? So the sugars come from the cherry it's actually grown in. Coffee comes from a cherry. Okay. And it's actually the seed inside the cherry. Okay. So all of the flavor from the coffee is imparted from that cherry depending on the washing process. Okay. And there's the popular washing processes are natural, honey washed, and fully washed. Those are the three standard most common yeah there's tons of farms that do things a lot differently and just saying those three terms like there's still different processes in there to do things differently so it's not saying one farm that washes it one way washes it the same way as the other um so a lot of the flavor is brought on by that process at the farm which is the drying of the drying of the bean yeah sun-dried a lot of the times they are sun dried. Isn't that times. honey? What? Honey dried is sun dried. Honey process. Yeah. Honey process is different. You want to talk about honey process? Uh, not necessarily, but I'm just saying it's it's different. I mean, you can have certain processing methods that are done different ways. So the drying phase is generally common. I mean, that's like the same in all of the different processes. Standard of three. Right. That's pretty standard as far as the drying goes, and then it's fermented generally. Um, to let the enzymes kind of get the hard, it's like a papery coating, which like almost like parchment paper on the outside of the bean or the cherry. I'm sorry, and you remove that, and then you remove the uh, remove the cherry, and then the, the process continues on from there. So we're really, I mean, right now we're focusing on just washed and uh, natural process. So you're keeping those two variables the same, and then you're changing your variables in house. Right. Right. Because so we've got a washed Colombian, and we've also got a natural processed Colombian, and then there's a. Uh, we're also going to try and get a honey processed Colombian, and then compare the three. Sure. So with the same roast profile. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Based on they're the all, even though they're all from the same region. Right. They're all going to taste completely different. They're all processed differently. Processed differently, roasted the same, completely like, completely different. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting little experiment. House. Right. Um, we haven't actually done that specifically. It's played with the same origin, but three different processes. 
So that'll be interesting for us just as a learning experience. Yeah. Because well, you see I mean, what you get. You yeah, know? we we know we've learned what the difference is, but until we actually just kind of get our hands on it, get dirty with it. Right. No, 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 no. Hey, get jiggy with it. Let's yeah. talk about uh, nitro, how it's important to uh, to beer, and we'll talk about you know how it's important to coffee. Nitrogen is uh, especially here. It's a kind of tool in the tool belt. Uh, we've got a generator that actually creates nitrogen, and we've got some storage tanks in the basement. So all of my processes and procedures in the brewery involve nitrogen, uh, whether it's purging oxygen out of tanks or pushing a beer from one tank to another, and even pushing beer from the tank to the tap. Uh, I'm using a blend of nitrogen and CO2. So we're essentially regenerating uh, a big portion of our gas that we're using. Right. Uh, you're, you're, you're supplying your own gas. So yeah. what, what, how about the, the, the advantages of nitro? Uh, what do you use it for in the brew house specifically right now? Yeah, I mean, I just said that. What does it, what does it <laughs> give? But you're pushing all the beer that goes through the lines being pushed by nitrogen. For, yeah. Right. Correct. Basically, what I'm trying to say is we're we're gonna be we're gonna have a nitro you know cold brew. So yep. I, I'm trying to relate that to how the advantages of how that relates to to uh, so to nitrogen beer. is only soluble in liquids at extremely low temperatures and extremely high pressures. So that's why you, there's no way to really package in cans or bottles a Nitro nitrogen beer without infused. a nitrogen widget which releases nitrogen uh, on opening of the can or liquid nitrogen dosing which goes into the top of every bottle after it's been filled and before it's capped mm -hmm. so because of those two extreme um, requirements requirements yeah it's not typically seen very often Right. You don't see everybody doing a nitrogen beer. But specifically, the advantages of why you would want nitrogen. Well, it's not quite an advantage, really. Other, well, I, I mean, mean, there's the a difference between CO2 carbonated and nitrogen. Correct. Right. Yeah, so nitrogen bubbles are much, much smaller. Um, and because of its, because of how hard it is to um, inject, put that into... You. So the advantage of uh, nitrogen as a serving mechanism, a lot of it comes through the tap, right? So the tap has a restrictor plate inside the, the unit as opposed to those standard draft lines, which is just one big hole with a, right. a lever gotcha. and a, a ball in yeah, there. There's extra hardware. Yeah. So it's the same lever mechanism, but... It opens up, you got a restrictor plate inside the nozzle that has a bunch of holes in it. So you're forcing the beer, which right. is gotcha. carbonated, carbon, no, carbonating, shut <laughs> carbonated less. So most beers are served at a carbonation volume of 2.5 to 2.7 CO2 volumes. A nitrogen beer typically is carbonated to a two CO2 volume. Soda is 3.5 to 4. Gotcha. So you've got a huge range there 
uh, cask beer, English style cask beer, which is cask conditioned, it's typically lower carbonated to uh, 1.7 to 2.3, depending on the beer style. So at 2%, there's about 60% carbonation of CO2 in solution, assuming the beer is cold and was packaged correctly. So you don't have the fight of CO2 carbonation when you pour. If you pour a CO2 carb beer through a nitrogen tap, it's gonna force the beer through that restrictor plate and break all your CO2 out. It's just foam. It's just everywhere. all gonna yeah, be foam. Just gonna, yeah, right. So gonna waste all if that. you start with less carbonation, do the same thing. And by the way, you're pushing with 40 to 30 to 50 PSI of nitrogen through that restrictor plate. or nitrogen CO2 blend, um, as opposed to anywhere from 12 to 20, depending on your temperatures for regular carbonated beer. So as far as, far as the serving mechanism on, uh, you know, the advantages of maybe, maybe even just flavor wise, what, what, what are the advantages? Are there advantages? Maybe on the uh, I wouldn't call them an advantage. I would just say it, it, it's different. It's different. It's just okay. a different mechanism. Uh, it accentuates chocolate flavors, roasty flavors, which are exactly that's the answer to your question. Right, right. Creamy. It's, it's accentuating those flavors while also adding texture. Okay. Of, exactly. of cream and uh, silky smooth. So, not all beer styles work with nitrogen. With nitrogen, nitrogen. Uh, you can accentuate. Uh, bitterness so if you put a IPA that's brewed you know West Coast or old American IPA style that nobody does it anymore but uh, a really bitter backbone um, you put that through nitrogen and it's going to intensify the bitterness okay hmm. Well, what we see with like coffee is it intensifies the sweetness and also intensifies the creaminess. I mean, it just really I mean, it adds to a cold brew. I would say. Well, you know, it, really it adds, creates a different a different experience. Like experience for a, sure. Now you've got a creamy mouthfeel, so you don't need things like sugar and cream. And so it also creates froth. Right. So the whole thing about froth, and this is a big education point for us that we're going to stress is froth not only protects the product from oxygen which is going to degrade the product. You mm. want that layer of, of froth, whether it be nitrogen or CO2 created, you want that layer to protect the rest of that from oxygen. Uh, right. Oxygen is the number one enemy of, Oxidation, good, of beer. Yeah. Uh, and, anything really. And coffee, yeah, and coffee the same. Yeah, anything really. Uh, so you're protecting your product with the layer of foam, and you're also every time one of those bubbles pops it's popping an aromatic which increases your perception increases the sensory perception of whatever right. it is that that product is delivering which would intensify or you know enhance aroma the taste or, or change yeah. the yeah, aroma, perception your know, perception right yeah. so you you put cold coffee in front of somebody without froth black coffee not cold, right. not no cold, additives cold brew is essentially black cold right, coffee right exactly it's yeah. an extract which is what coffee is mm -hmm. hot coffee yeah. brewed cold right. um, so you put that froth on top every time one of those bubbles pops i mean it's creating an invisible cloud of particle aroma particulate yeah yeah um, 
volatile aromatic compounds um, and those are this that's the same advantage to pouring beer correctly you know right. you see a lot of people around here pouring beer all the way to the top with no bubbles on top typically it's because their cooler doesn't get cold enough because it's not efficiently put together it's put together really shittily and their compressor is old as fuck and they don't maintain their shit so they got a hot cooler that they can't get cold instead of pouring foam they just don't carbonate their beer all the way mm-hmm. and way that hot. fixes the system because you can use less gas you, ha- you don't have to use as much energy to cool the product you use less gas and it pours heat beer basically. into somebody's cup which is essentially all the business really cares about is getting a cup in somebody's hand that's full of beer right but at the end of the day you're just diminishing your product reliability uh for the consumer i mean and i fucking hate it it really gets me salty yeah Uh, you don't want to serve a bad product right and it's all about the customer's perception of your business exactly i mean i'm looking at andrew's cup right now and he's got a cloud of foam at the bottom of his 18 ounce glass he poured it that's fine. That's I mean, what it's supposed to be. Okay, I poured it. No, yeah. no, I mean, look I mean, at mine. I'm halfway down it, and it's foam all the way down still. Yeah. It's just head retention. Yeah, this is my favorite. Right. right. Outrageous right now. Uh, it's all about your product delivery and also about how you prepare before it's, pack- or before it's packaged, when it's packaged. Um, the appropriate, you know, if you push a beer out of a tank that's 40 degrees instead of 35 degrees, you're not going to get proper carbonation unless you're using super intense pressures, which most of these tanks aren't rated for those pressures. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the scale of carbonation is linear. So you got, if the colder the product is, the better CO2 goes into solution. So 32 degrees, optimal carbonation level uh, temperature for carbonation, you're your CO2 volume of 2.7 is in the range of 10 to 11 PSI. It takes 10 to 11 PSI to keep that 2.7 volumes in the solution of the beer at that temperature. To the tap? No, just just in, just in solution. Okay, I got Just you. thinking about okay. a, a bucket of liquid that's 32 degrees, you need 10 pounds of CO2 on that bucket to keep that bucket carbonated. Okay. So every degree that that bucket goes up in Fahrenheit or Celsius, um, the pressure goes up that's needed to keep that in solution. So 32 degrees, 10 to 11 PSI. 33 degrees, 11 to 12. 34 degrees, 12 to 13, and so on. So the warmer it gets, the harder it is to keep that gas in solution. So you need more pressure to keep more pressure on the body of liquid. Right. So the warmer you get, you know, the more energy essentially you're using. Or losing also. Right. I mean, you might as well do it. The most efficient way to carbonate beer is cold and low 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 pressure. pressure. Mm -hmm. But instead, they're using warmer environment and and higher pressure. pressure. They're just wasting gas. And that's another reason. They're wasting gas and they're they're not giving you optimal presentation. Right. So in the end, 
you lose. You lose. The customer loses. The customer loses. The customer loses. In the Everybody beginning loses, and the right? end. Yeah. yeah. They Everybody. they lose the whole time. Yeah. But in the end, you're if you're if you're not if your systems aren't efficient and you're wasting materials. You're, you're losing. You're, too. Yeah, yeah, you're losing every time you pour a beer. That's another reason to keep your drink lines cool too. Yeah. Is because you're there's going to be temperature exchanged as the beer goes through those lines. Correct. And uh, as far as optimal presentation and right. perception. You gotta have all your shit together. It's gotta be, yeah, it's gotta be done right. Planning. What's up everybody, this is Garrett Hardy with the Hippie Camper and you're listening to the Brewer's Table Podcast. Um, yeah, so we're excited to open up. We've got our cafe all set up down there. Right now it's all masked off, so we've been making a lot of pour over, playing with dialing in uh, different little experimental roasts we've got. Um, played around with some blends this morning. Uh, got a Ugandan single origin and a Brazilian that we've been using for espresso. So we decided to see how our latest roast has developed on pour over this morning. How it translates to and, pour over. Uh, I'm not too happy with it yet, but <laughs> you're not supposed to be. No. Not not the first try. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely roasted other versions of that. If you're satisfied, you're not being true to yourself. Right. I'm always gonna try and push things because there's, I mean, it's, it's just so based. much different things you can do, and just tweaking little variables like how much heat you apply and how early you apply that heat makes such a huge difference yeah. in the end cup and. Uh, I really just have fun playing with it. What's been your favorite roast so far that since you've so been able, able to did, play? For me, uh, we did a Tanzanian pea berry, and it had this cup of apple cider, just really sweet and fruity, and it was absolutely delicious to me. And that was my favorite, probably personal roast. And that was before we had the yeah, that roaster. was before we had our new yeah. roaster. So I've got to eventually translate that to our new roaster because I absolutely enjoyed that cup. What about you? Uh, the Honduran San Marco. I, I love that. It's just kind of like, uh, it's, it's very um, very nutty. You know, it's it's got a really good, it's almost like peanut butter when you open up the bag. So I, that, I love it. It just comes through so strong. That, so. that San Marco is actually what we used on that pinstripe Three years ago, <laughs> four years, yeah, ago. four yeah. years ago, yeah, we, uh, yeah, that goes. How about back. that? Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of your business then? It was Green Acres Green Coffee, Acres, which is still yeah. the parent yeah, company still of Northside Coffee. Yeah, because yeah. that's the LLC. And nice. We're DBA. Not, I'm not gonna go buy another trade business name. license. Yeah, yeah. 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 Our DBA is Northside wow, Coffee. Wow, I or forgot trade, all about trade that. Trade name. Green yeah. Acres Coffee. That was four years ago. Pretty fucking crazy. So we were getting people jacked on black coffee. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. What a uh, night. 12 different imperial style yeah. variants. One guy came back like 10 times. That guy was just. People jittery. love that coffee, though. So we took, mm -hmm. I can't remember how much, but we just took three different roasts of that Honduran washed coffee, blended them. blended them together, and it tasted like peanut butter. Cold brew. And then added it to that, pe that pinstripe imperial style. So you had that chocolate peanut butter, and it was like a Reese's cup. But weird. We had way too much coffee in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but we were giving out free yeah. coffee just to get our name out there at the time too. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it doesn't there. exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good for us. We got a lot of feedback. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. We drank a lot of beer. Right. And a lot of coffee. Was that a lot of was coffee? That pinstripe. Was that the last pinstripe? That was the last pinstripe. Fest. We. Oh, man, yeah. I don't even remember y'all being there. Nights, yeah. We were shaking and just running around. I think I actually stayed the night at the brewery that night. Did you? I, Probably good. Good choice. I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no that explanation was necessary. Right. That was a good time. Responsible man. They had one with habanero in it. Yeah, that was Ooh. I was I was manning that oh, station yeah. all night. Oh, you asked me if I played uh, golf, and I said no. I just wear the hat. Ah, yeah, you remember that? I do remember <laughs> that. I do remember that. that was what kind of hat were you wearing? Uh, Titleist hat. Okay, nice. Yeah. Poser. Nice hat. Nice hat. <laughs> I, mean, I just I got a new set of irons, so if anybody wants to go golfing. Oh, you got your dad's old clubs, huh? No, I got uh, <laughs> Haley's brother's old clubs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I know you. I know you. <laughs> so, uh, so you walk through the roast, um, the roasting procedure. Really just, roughly. Essentially. Walk the roasting. So yeah. what's the other piece of equipment that you have that you're really proud of is the espresso machine, right? We are. Andrew is going to tell you about that. Yeah, one. so that's his. So what? Walk us through creating an espresso. Let's talk about a latte. All right. So a latte. I mean, you start with an espresso. Yeah. yeah you got right. So right. So what's we, important about about creating a, an appropriate espresso? You got grind. You got. You've got to dial you got in your amounts. Right. You've got to dial in your grind. You've got to uh, have the proper amount of uh, water so you don't under over extract the coffee. Uh, the temperature at which you brew uh, is important. Uh, there's many variables. Uh, your tamping pressure, which is how you actually compact the coffee into the uh, what's called a porter filter, and um, that's very important. You want about 30 pounds of pressure. Uh, if you go over that, then you can. Uh, Does the heat add to that pressure, or is it strictly mechanical? That's all mechanical. Yeah. So when you crimp it, when you crimp it down, that's that's me. that's your that's pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Okay. Right. Because um, heat can add pressure too. Yeah, steam. Yeah. steam yeah. The machine is actually set to nine bars of pressure, which is what the nine S bars SCA standard is. Yep. It's pushing nine bars of pressure. That is a lot of fucking yeah. pressure yeah. through that puck of coffee that you just tamped at about thirty pounds. So you take ground coffee, compress it down, and then push nine bars. That's through a it, lot. Forcing pressure. water through it yeah. to extract. Oh wow! That's, what is known uh, as a shot of espresso. No wonder. Yeah, it's it's a lot so of pressure. So you get a very. Let's see, quick math. That's yeah, wild. So you get a very concentrated extraction. That's like two hundred and twenty-five psi. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. So then we do that. I mean, and that thing's it, a little bomb down there. That's no shit. It is. It is. Yeah, you've, it's a dual boiler. There's a lot of pressure in the uh, a lot of steam. Pressure from steam. Uh, so we do that. We. Uh, Take the shot. It's about two ounces of, of water that's uh, you know put into the coffee to extract it. Um, that goes into a uh, shot glass, and then from there we can make whatever drink we want to. I mean, so, so a latte is going to be two ounces of espresso, and then we're going to have uh, either you know eight to ten ounces of milk, um, and that's going to be two thirds just steamed milk. And then we're going to have about one third foam for a latte. Good so froth. yeah. A little bit of froth. Yeah, What's the temperature much. for the espresso? Uh, I believe it was, what is, what do we have it right now? 194? Uh, for the espresso brew temperature? Yeah. Uh, I check it's that. like 
194, I think is what it said right now. Something like that, yeah. Uh, and you can tweak that depending on your origin too. So that's gonna just depend. So temperature also influences your total dissolved salts, which is okay. your extraction rate basically. And that translates to all brewing methods right. of coffee. Um, from pour over to drip to anything, anything that gives you control of your temperature will control how much is actually extracted from that. You guys sound like you know what the fuck you're talking about. Hey, we're trying. Uh, I've made some coffee before. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Few times. Few times. How long have you uh, been involved? How long, when did y'all start Green Acres? So, Green Acres is about four years old now. Um, and before that, we were roasting for four or five years hobbyists hobbyist roasting yeah. in a pan frying yeah pan. that started out really? cast iron pan, in yeah. my mom's kitchen <laughs> on a cast iron skillet nice and she hated it oh yeah we, we uh she didn't have the appropriate uh ventilation not so. only did the whole house smell like coffee but it was filled with smoke so we started doing that outside yeah <laughs> and then we sort of shortly after that about probably about a year and a half we decided to buy a small five pound uh rotisserie rotisserie oven that was modified uh, to be a, uh, a bean roaster. We used that for what, about three years, I guess? Yeah, we used we that for a while. Did a lot of R&D on that, kind of got comfortable with roasting, you know, how it, how the different variables influence right. your, your outcome. What you get. Yeah. Right. That's where we really started learning more about coffee, about how it's roasted. So why, why did y'all, just as you're interested, you I got coffee? interested in it. Uh, it was just a lot easier than pan. You know, you can yeah. control more. Well, than, how do we get interested in coffee? Yeah, I mean, why coffee? Oh, always been interested in coffee. I mean, yeah, yeah, always drank coffee. When did you start then, drinking coffee? I started drinking probably high school. Yeah. I started, high school. I, I, it wasn't even like, like third wave coffee. Yeah. It was just no, Folgers. Was just, yeah, parents drank it. What so is I did third too. wave coffee? I don't know. Especially coffee. Okay. Like, uh, so first wave would be Folgers. Sure. Yeah. So what's in America was classified as like third wave coffee. It's really new emergence, specialty coffee, craft roasted artisan. coffee. Artisan. Artisan, yeah. You find your small yeah. micro lots, you're more yeah. worried about sustainability and right. cup quality, things right. like that. Um, not just Folgers or Starbucks that have that own their own farms. And, Ropes. So you guys have talked about micro lots before. Uh, why don't you delve into that a little bit? What's what's the opportunity here at Beezer for somebody to see a micro lot come through? We're constantly going to be changing origins. I mean, we're always looking at what's available, what's coming from the ship. You know, try we try. We're we're actually right now we've been looking at a lot of origins that are actually still being shipped. So they're on the boats, what they call it. Right. Something that's really fresh. In transit. Uh, really. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I was just saying what's being harvested at that time. What's being right. freshly harvested now. Uh, but we're all we're going to be constantly changing what we have. So we want I mean, coffee is a year-round crop because of where it is on the equator, right? right? They're always going right. to tropical regions. Right. So um, we'll always be having different origins constantly available to us. and Every week. Trialing different things. Possibly. So we've got one micro lot coming in specifically that I'm really excited about. I've been talking about it all day. But... It's actually uses kind of an experimental processing where they take the cherry and dry it out slightly, let it ferment with the cherry on, then they flame roast it. So they caramelize some of that cherry to the bean itself. Sure. And then they wash it. 
So it's got a little bit of everything going on. So fermentations. How come you don't see coffee cherries? I don't. Do. I, not as much in, in not, America. Though. Not in America. Not I don't popular. think I've never had one. You should. You should. Well, uh, I've never had that, one. Is admitted, that something admittedly. that you guys can source? Yes. Yes. We actually do have a source for that, and we're gonna get a minute and play with them. I don't know what we're gonna do with it. Also Maybe like use fondle them. Like, it's supposed to be similar to make a, a tea. Actual cherry. Yeah, you can make a tea. You can make a juice out of the cherry. Yeah, it's very sweet. It's supposed to be really good. So not I, something I've ever done before. Look, you can look into that because yeah, yeah, I sure. I've you know you always obviously you, coffee is extreme. It's the number it's the number n- number two or two number three. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah assumed. Right. Tea is number one. I think beer is number beer. two. And, and number, coffee. coffee's number three. Uh, and that is... Uh, commodities, I guess. Commodity, yeah. beverage. Consumed right. beverage commodity. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Most um, consumed in the world. Right. So, I mean, to have never tasted a coffee cherry or had a beer with coffee cherry or most a, people a don't coffee even cherry know. juice. Most no, people most people don't, people don't know, know that it comes yeah, from a cherry. Exactly. So... When you find out, you're shocked. You're like, you can even make tea put, out of the leaves yeah. from the coffee plant. Put that, put that on your list of immediate things to do. Definitely. Like, I, I would look like to have different origin cherries. Yeah. To There's, to try and figure out how to plug that into something. That's yeah. We'll look up the logistics on that. There's yeah. Tens of thousands of varieties. That's really of, fucking cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Coffee about that. plant. So there's sure. a lot of. Do a cherry. A coffee cherry Berliner Weiss, and then Ooh. steep some cold brew in there. Oh, yeah. that's a killer right there, and yeah. it's an amp. amp yeah. Drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, I mean, obviously, there's no caffeine in the cherry. Right. And the caffeine is a byproduct of the processing for the bean. I'm. No, no, it's just a person naturally. The cherry itself might have. It, it, some yeah, maybe nominal because, amounts of, of caffeine. So. I'm not an expert on this, but the origin of coffee started back when a goat farmer noticed that his goats were really hyper after eating a certain cherry. Sure. And then he tried it for himself, and this was before they were roasting coffee and preparing it the way we do. And he was able to stay up all night for, back then they used to have, (laughs) that's the theoretical start of the coffee trade. Interesting. Was they started using it to, uh, and this is like Ethiopia or somewhere in Africa. And it was later on, I think Turkey or somewhere in the Indies was the first place it was ever the Silk Road uh, traded, yeah. Yeah. This was before the Silk Road, I think. I'm not an expert. So you're a history buff, too. He is a history buff. Uh, I've done a little Wikipedia research. I can't fucking trust I Wikipedia. Donated. You donated last year, I believe, too. So. I did donate pretty, to Wikipedia, so I get the, uh, the advanced uh, He's pretty legit. Wow. Yeah. The advanced pages. All right. <laughs> yeah. so, so to answer the question, uh, it occurs naturally in the plant. Okay. Yeah. That's not a byproduct of a process or anything. So even the tree itself? Possibly. I mean, possibly, yeah. If the leaves yeah. do, the cherries do, the yeah. beans do. I don't know. I haven't read of anybody chewing bark. sticks. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Coffee bark? There's a lot is of... It, so what? What's the, what's the... Is it a... It's not a coffee tree, It right? is a tree. It's a tree, yeah. It's well, a tree. I'm, but it's not trees. called a fucking coffee tree. No, it's it called a coffee tree, It's yeah. a cherry tree. No, it's a coffee tree. It's a coffee tree. Yeah. Well, it's got a scientific name, 
and sure. yeah. they probably call sure. it a scientific name Genus in the swamps because yeah, there's like a thousand varieties, tens of thousands of Coffeus varieties. significus triacus? Yeah. Right. So you've got your robusta and you've got your arabica. And the two are very similar, but completely different. Those are your two most common types of coffee. Okay. Which is and why you see arabica yeah. all over the place. And that's your more higher quality, better, it's better tasting, more developed um, are you guys harder to grow fancy on one or the other oh yeah definitely Absolutely. arabica yeah. yeah that's a standard in america <clears throat> in most places robusta is a little bit more earthy robust just guessing robusta. um it's got more it's, caffeine it is it is it's it's, it's, it's not very cheaper good. to grow it's, it's not grows very good. at lower elevations cheaper to buy cheaper to buy yeah very cheap to buy. so what if you looked into a robusta espresso higher uh, alcohol that's taste as good Higher, they don't uh, taste as good. They're not higher caffeine. It's not like uh, before. But if you're gonna sprinkle all the, well, that's what your Folgers is. And it's, I don't think they have reduced anymore. So yeah, in the '60s, in the it. '60s, that was pretty much eliminated. All the, it used to be nothing but robusta beans, um, and now it's just arabica. After the '60s, it was a Pete's coffee. Flavors higher. Pete's coffee in California. I remember Pete's. Yeah. Anyway, they start. They basically started that. You know, doing Arabica coffee, gourmet okay. coffee, I guess you want to call it. And that's the standard now, is Arabica, because Robusto is just... I think some of our suppliers still... Yeah, you'll see them pop offers, up. But you'll I've, see them pop up. Maybe we'll play with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. another avenue. Yeah. Right, definitely. Uh, We've got a lot of avenues on the yeah. service side gotta, that I'm really excited to play with. Yeah, so on to the service side. When we're going to open at, you know, Beezer's going to open at 7 a.m., people to come in grab some coffee beverages maybe a couple quick uh hippie camper bites yeah quick grab and go breakfast items some juice some vegan what uh what can they see from your menu what do you expect to launch beverages a a fairly basic cafe menu when we open um but of course we've got a lot of things that we're experimenting with so we'll have traditional full espresso bar lattes cappuccinos Macchiato, macchiatos, Americanos, yeah. basically anything that's uh, espresso-based. Based. Right, yeah. yeah. D- variations of milk, foam. Exactly. Uh, right. Milk is uh, is a big thing right now. Non, uh, yeah. Non-milk, milk. Milk alternatives, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, all right. So, yeah, talk talk about milk alternatives, uh, beverages. What do you what do you anticipate? We are absolutely. Uh, we're waiting on a delivery right now for some milk alternatives from KP. From yeah. KP, working with the Hippie Camper. Yep. So Hippie Camper makes their own nut milk. Uh, if you listen to our last episode, you'll hear Garrett talk a little bit about that. Um, so that goes very well with what you guys are doing on the oh, yeah. espresso machine. So we've got a dark roast Brazilian right now paired with the cashew milk from the Hippie Camper Ooh. that's about to warm your winter up. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Oh, man, that was amazing. Oh, oh yes. They do a great what, job. What, uh, other than, you know, your standard beverages, are they? Are y'all doing uh, bulk coffee? Are you doing Yeah, so we have a distribution or? side. Um, of our, uh, that's where we kind of started for first started uh, the concept was to be a, a district basically um so yeah we're gonna have is that what you're asking yeah 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 what what else are you gonna offer the consumer other than you know on-site ordered online beverages? we're gonna have online uh, on-site you can buy our, our packaged coffee online and at beezer um 
we're gonna have that roasted to order. Um, grind we're also to order. Grind to order. Yeah, like a little customized. We're gonna be constantly changing out the options. So anything that we have here at the cafe, we're gonna offer online. So we're gonna be constantly on that. You know, maybe every two weeks when we rotate different origins, but we're gonna have kind of our base origins for like espresso. Right. And then we're also gonna play around with a lot of stuff. For what like do you stuff. What do you anticipate pricing being on that? Uh, he's actually got the price. I mean, what's the what's the standard like price right now? Around for four to five dollars. Uh, for a latte, four to five for a four latte. latte. About four fifty. Um, yeah, four to depending five. Depending on four to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll yeah. meet in the middle. <laughs> How about that? It's about four to five. Yeah. Depending on the cost of our uh, our alternative milks, uh, we might have to charge more for those. But hopefully, making them in house, we can keep pricing consistent and just offer an alternative that's going to be. Better, if what, not uh, better than the original milk version. What about bulk pricing? What do you expect? Bulk pricing, as in like wholesale pricing? Yeah, I mean, well, well, I mean, people come in. We've got a merch nook up there. They where, want forty pounds of coffee or something. No, or, well, they <laughs> can wholesale where is, they uh, can buy. You know, so somebody wants four pounds of coffee to get them through the next yeah, three sure. weeks. Yeah, sure. I mean, what, what are they looking at? We haven't really talked about discounts yet necessarily, but I don't no, mean discounts. I just mean anywhere from twelve dollars a pound to. There we $20 go. Okay, I got, I got, I got you. I got you. Sorry. Uh, wholesale is completely different. We would love to get into the wholesale side. Uh, develop blends for other other companies. Then you guys can self-distribute that. Right. Yeah. We don't have to go through distributor. Lucky, like, lucky, lucky. Like no, we, do. So we can do all that online. Right. Go register online. We will be shipping. Oh yeah. If you want to come here and pick it up, so <clears throat> if you come here and pick it up and you want to buy something off the shelf, we'll only have a small selection on the shelf of what's roasted for for sale. Because um, mostly our business model is built around roasting to order. We'd love for you to order ahead. We roast it, we ship it to you. That way, when you open it, a few days after it's roasted, it's fresh. Prime time, yeah. Because mm. the bean needs time not only to gas off, but to just, it develops all those flavors and that gassing off here. So, Anywhere from three to two weeks, three days to two weeks later, is the perfect time for those beans to uh, gas off. To gas off. Yeah. No, to, to be uh, <laughs> to be consumed. So what's on Sound our shelf effects. is going to be fresh coffee that we've packaged. Um, if it doesn't get used, it goes home to these goobers here that just. Yes. Don't have enough coffee. Don't buy Northside <laughs> coffee. <laughs> yeah. Whatever yeah. you do, do yes. not buy. Yeah, it. We'll take it. We'll take it off. So, uh, yeah, it's you're gonna get a fresh cup of coffee. That's yeah. good Hopefully. stuff. And really educating the consumers what we want to kind of focus on is like helping people not only get a good cup of coffee downtown Huntsville, but also at home. Right. And so we'll have a QR code included on the bag that you can scan, go to our website, and we'll tell you what we like about that origin, how we like to prepare it. So if you're gonna make it for whatever our reference drip brewer is ratio for that origin it'll be there down to or, the degree of temperature for the well on our brewer we can't control the, the temperature the, well for a french press or something but like for that. french press yeah and pour over yeah um we'll get a most people can't control their drip brewers temperature um well we don't unfortunately we don't anticipate it's going to be good regardless. It's good. It's It'll good. be good coffee. Yeah. yeah. I've been regardless. drinking it for months. It's, it's good. Uh, it's really good. So let's get back into beer for a second. 
what's a, what's a beer with coffee that we haven't tried yet that you're uh, ex- coffee IPA. I've got a tropical Colombian coming in. Okay. It's really citrusy. Yeah, okay. I want to get a nice little light roast on it. And Natural we're going to do process. something there. Cool. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've never had a, a coffee IPA before. Uh, I missed the chance to grab one from Rocket City Craft Beer from Stone, I believe it was. Um, modern Times and uh, somebody else just did one. That, and I sent that to you. And... You were supposed to go pick it up, yeah. but you didn't. I didn't. Surprise, no, they, only had a, they only had it for a short didn't time. do what he needed to do. Sorry uh, to drive 45 minutes uh, across town. <laughs> you live 10 fucking minutes walking Price, distance Price. from there. Uh, not from Rocket City Craft. No, at Liquor Express. Oh. oh. Well, I did just drop the ball there. Please yeah. flip oh, audio yeah. tape now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we've got a lot of things yeah. for everybody Co- to be excited. Coffee IPA is definitely on in our radar. Uh, we've already got... We've already got the name, and we've already got the logo. Uh, we just need the coffee. You know what I'm excited to try, though? The, the, <laughs> the beer uh, that yeah. shall not be named. Yeah, you can't, you can't talk about it, all right? Uh, anything else you guys would like to add from the Northside Coffee can't Endeavor? Wait to, can't wait to see you here. Yeah. Check us out online at northside.coffee and Northside Coffee HSV on Instagram and Facebook. And make sure to like and subscribe and hit that uh hit bell. that like button. Hit, hit the button. share. Yeah. <laughs> share it. Uh, thanks guys. Yeah, thanks for yeah, thanks for coming and chatting. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, drink fresh beer. Yeah. I got into coffee.